We're back with another episode of Mommy Wines with your favorite wine mom, Emma Dawn. Tune in while she shares her motherhood experiences, introduces you to motivational and empowering special guests, and sips away your sins in the Mommy Wines Confessional. Mom life can sometimes get lonely and overwhelming, so she created this relatable, inclusive, and supportive space for us to be ourselves. Let loose, enjoy a glass of wine, and laugh. Get ready for today's episode. Here's Emma. Hello, 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 wine moms. Welcome back to another episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. <laughs> I am so excited for today's guest, Caitlin, or better known as Boots and Pearls 916 on Instagram. She has had multiple million view viral reel videos, which are so funny. And I didn't know this when I reached out to her originally. I knew she was a farmer's wife, but guess what? Her and her husband have an amateur vineyard on their property. So she is a great farmer's wife. She's like the greatest guest. I don't know, like wine, wine makers. So she spills a little grape juice on the ins and outs of being a farmer's wife what it takes, and what kind of creative ways they are using their property to generate income. Stay tuned. I know you're going to love it. Here is my conversation with Caitlin Smith. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk about being a working mom for a moment. Before the pandemic hit, I was honestly struggling to juggle it all. Getting up, getting ready, getting Milo up, getting him ready, getting both of us out the door, rushing to daycare, leaving him in the uncertain care of a stranger, then sitting in the stresses of rush hour traffic, paying for parking in the garage of my downtown high-rise office, skipping lunch, and then leaving early just to be able to pick him up from daycare on time. Corporate finance didn't match me as a solo parent. And that's why I chose to build my own home bookkeeping business. You might not be in the exact same situation, but whatever your need for flexibility is, I created the Home Bookkeeper Masterclass just for that. Professional and lifestyle flexibility. My course is now for a limited time being offered for only $99. In this course, I share everything I've learned about building and scaling my very own remote home bookkeeping practice. Enroll now at edjconsultinggroup.com under resources. I send out a podcast um, like outline, but we've been chatting so much back and forth. I just, I feel like we didn't even need it. I was like, oh, I hope I didn't miss something because I am really bad at checking my emails. And so I was like, well, she would have messaged me, right? <laughs> if I was, hadn't done my homework. <laughs> no, I just, so it was so funny because did you recently just start a new Instagram account? 
kind of, sort of. So I had one previously and I let it go um, over COVID. I just, it was very overwhelming. I think like a lot of people had a hard time and I was lifestyle and I just thought I'm not going to be able to keep up with this. Um, don't even know what's going to happen in the world. And I let it go and it was really nice to have a break, but it was also like a realization that I really missed all those girls and everything that we did. And I didn't realize like what a camaraderie we all had just having this online community. I didn't know I had it until it was gone. So um, I started over and I rebranded as Boots and Pearls because I just was like, well, I'll have my personal one. I'm not going to, I'll give it some time before I go back full blown into this. I'll ease back into it. And then I had that a video that just went viral one day and I didn't need for it to. And it has like right now 2.3 million views. So overnight. Oh my gosh. I got to figure out what I, that is. I, it was like one of the quickest videos I've ever made. Like on oh the my fly, God, this my the video I found you on. Yeah, that's the one. And I'm just out by the pool and like watching my kids swim and I saw this and I thought, oh, this would be a, this would be a good one to do. And it just took off. And so it was good. It was like good timing for everything. Cause I, I missed it anyway. So it pushed me back into, to putting myself out there again. I love it. That's actually the video I found you on and <laughs> back way back when, oh no, was it this one? Don't give me directions like I'm a pilot. Um, It was one of those. But it was funny because back then you had like three little things in your bio. And it was like, I think it was like ag wife or farmer's wife. And then something else and something else. And you changed it. And this was like after I already reached out to you and you like booked yourself on the podcast. And then you changed it. And then I'm like, I went back to find a video of yours to show a friend of mine. And I'm like, wait. I know she's a farmer's wife, but is she like a grape farmer wife? Because that is so perfect. <laughs> I didn't even know you guys were like grape farmers. I thought you were just like, cause I have so many oh. agricultural clients, especially living out here in ranch land where, and I've just been in the industry for so long working with a lot of like construction and agriculture I feel like they have their own similar waves and I was like oh that would be great to get like a wife's perspective because I'm sure there's you know other my whole mommy wines podcast when I search reels it's all like horses and ranching and I'm like how did this happen and I'm like it must be because my following is similar or maybe I like similar things but then to find out you're a, a great farmer's wife, I'm like, yes. Okay. Now she definitely has to like, give us some inside scoops. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I have been, um, let's see, we got married in 2009 and right when we got married, he went straight out of college into working in the vineyard industry. So I have been a great farmer's wife for 11 going on 12 years now. <laughs> And before that, I came out of agriculture, um, but I was in, I grew up in the cattle industry. So we did like hay farming and cattle, but I wasn't really hands-on with any of it. So I got like 
that I knew, but I got a whole new appreciation of being a harvest widow. And, <laughs> and, you're, and I don't know if this is every farmer, but I feel like most farmers wives have this in common. Our husbands are always late. Like they say, <laughs> oh yeah, it'll happen. Okay. Yeah. That's Monday a month from now. Like <laughs> it's never when they say it's going to happen. <laughs> That has to be a very similar thing um, or like a cohesive thing among all of you because there's so many reels of like, <laughs> I see it all the time on my, and I always like look at the reels on my Mommy Wines podcast page because the ones that are on my personal page, like they're funny and great, but they're not like the ones that I like really like all the time. And I have no idea why that is, but the ones on my Mommy Wines podcast page are always like horses and farmers. And I've noticed that there's this like cohesive theme of like doing this reel. And it was like the soundtrack to rent. And it was like 825,600 <laughs> minutes. And it's like when he finally gets home and it's like just cowboy, like taking his hat <laughs> off or like a guy pulling a tractor into the front yard. And I'm like, so I even so hear it like, just gossip in my small town. Like when I go in to like get a haircut or if I'm checking out at the supermarket, I'll hear like wives talking to each other. They'll be like, oh yeah, when did your husband come home last night? Cause mine's still gone. <laughs> <laughs> There's, it's like, it's hard to be mad at them too, for what working too hard, you know, <laughs> it's so, it, but it is, it's, it's like something that um, it's like, there's such a small population of people in agriculture. So just to even find someone who understands, it's so nice. Um, but yeah, they're always late, always late, but worth the wait, you know? <laughs> oh, that's a cute little saying. You got to put that on the t-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. There we go. That's my first t-shirt. <laughs> we need to take a short break to talk about my favorite wine company that gives back. And that's One Hope. I'm proud to say and celebrate that One Hope Wine has reached over $6 million in donations. That's crazy. One Hope's award-winning wines are made by some of the most acclaimed winemakers in the industry, blending traditional winemaking methods with modern techniques. Each exquisite bottle becomes a catalyst for change. One Hope's commitment to high-quality wine is as important as their commitment to the causes they support. Through the sale of every bottle, One Hope has donated over $6 million to impactful causes around the world. They have built a school in Guatemala, funded over 19,000 days of clinical trials for breast cancer research, planted a forest in Indonesia, provided over 3 million meals for children in need, and found over 80,000 pets forever homes. If you're going to sip, then sip with purpose. They even just released the new tasting flights, mini bottles for you to have your own wine tasting right at home. Shop, ship, sip, one hope at onehopewines.com backslash my shop backslash mommy wines. Link is in the show notes below. So one of the things I've noticed that you've done recently, and I wanted to talk more about this because I think it's the cutest thing, is you have now opened up your vineyard and your property to campers. Yes. Yeah. We were just out 
cleaning it up. We're, we go out in between just to make sure nobody left any trash behind or anything. Um, but my husband was like, hey, have you seen this thing pop up on Instagram called Hip Cat Camp? And I was like, no one's going to want to come out to our little yard, you know, our little yard out here in camp. And he was like, well, let's just put it on and and see what happens. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. And then all of a sudden we've, we've been booked for two months every single weekend. And it's become really fun to see who's going to pull down the driveway and what (laughs) kind of gear they have and all that kind of stuff. So it's been working out really nice and fun. It's like fun to watch people go out there and enjoy your, your, you know, your labor, like things that we're working hard on and they message us and they're like, this is beautiful. Thanks for having us. And so it's been kind of rewarding in another way. I didn't know it would be. Now, I am not shocked that you guys are booked because Milo and I have started camping. I've always been a camper. I've always done it, but like when I had him, I like obviously didn't take him when he was a baby. Um, we stayed home a lot when he was a baby. And then he got to this age where he was just like the cutest, tiniest little terrorist. And I didn't take him anywhere. Um, and now he's kind of in this groove of like, I want to go do stuff again. And I'm like, yay. And we just drove 12 hours to Sedona. Arizona because he did not want to wait camping. He's like, nope, we went to Walmart and we got our equipment. <laughs> and he's like, I want to go now. So we drove wow. to Sedona because it's still cold here. Um, but a lot of the um campgrounds I've noticed because I really want to go out there and do a lot of like now that the world is opening up, do more um, like live in-person wine tastings. And a lot of the wineries I work with are out there and there's nowhere to camp. Either they're still closed because of COVID or they're like limited capacity or they're booked. Yeah. I, um, when COVID, even before COVID happened, we had been like, well, maybe we'll get a trailer. Cause same thing. Our daughter was getting to be that age and we were going to try it out, but we were like, every time we look at a campground, people were booking it a year in advance. Like it's very competitive to get a space. I'm not much of a tent camper, but I was like on board with the whole RV camping (laughs) idea. Um, I could do that. I was not going to be a a happy camper, but we looked into it and I, I researched it and there is just a shortage of spaces. So this is how this whole market's opened up for um, people who have land just to open up their property to travelers all summer. I mean, California has like, I looked up Yosemite and there's all these ranches and beautiful things out near it. And instead of being in a campground squished up next to all these other people, you can actually be out in nature on like almost a VIP or private experience. So it's really cool if you kind of get outside the box on it and give it a try. I think, did you guys try it at all when you went to Sedona or did you stay at a campground? See, we stayed at a campground. Cause I didn't oh, even notice that was a thing. I didn't even know it was a thing until you, you showed me your ways. <laughs> Well, I'm 
glad. I'm glad I shared it because I, I didn't know either when Paul told me, I thought no one's going to want to do that, but there's adventurers and they're doing it. And I thought, well, shoot, I could do this too. So kind of made us think about traveling again and, and getting back into that as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. And then you look into it and there's people that take it to the next level. I feel like a lazy um, camp host. <laughs> because, um, some of them are like glamping sites and they have hot tubs and tiny homes and like custom tents. And I'm like, wow, I really need to step up my game, I guess. <laughs> but, see, that is so something. See, that's a big thing of what my nonprofit is. It's all going to be like yurts and glamping tents and RV spaces and campsites that are all powered by like solar. Um, And I've even been talking to some of the ranchers out here about expanding it because there's plenty of land in Nevada to purchase and, and do it all up on. But I think one of the really cool parts about where I'm at is that all of these ranches are, first of all, they've been established for so long. So they have like first dibs and all like the best land. (laughs) And I'm like, you have this gorgeous spot and it's just like cows are hanging out on it. Like, let me hang out on it. (laughs) (laughs) Like they have all of the best land because they bought it probably five generations ago. And now that things are starting to expand and people are moving in here and like Northern Nevada is no longer becoming this like hidden tiny gem. It still is, but like, there's so many cool things to do around here with like canyons and mountains and hot springs and all that stuff. But I feel like it's kind of the same everywhere. Like my family ranched cattle and they have, well, they had like gorgeous West Virginia property and it was huge and so pretty and I'm like yeah you probably got it because now I'm looking for land to build a house and I'm like I don't want this lot this lot sucks (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like ranchers could definitely and farmers could definitely use that as another stream of income just because a lot of farmland is like pretty place Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. Well, we're we're seventh generation, so we have you know stories in our family of the Donner Trail, and you just think how beautiful it must have been when they were coming over on their wagon and they <laughs> saw that spot and like the rainbow and like God's sunshine coming down on a beautiful meadow <laughs> or something. That's it. That's the spot. Um, so yeah, they a lot of them did. They took the good spots, but in that, I kind of understand where farmers and ranchers are hesitant because you know they're very independent and private people and there's so much like I mean maybe it's the Californian in me but people sue over everything so you're just like well if I have them out are they gonna sue me and most people are good and so you just have to remember that and then carry insurance for a reason and if they can kind of get over that it's, it's hard when you've been kind of trained to be leery of outsiders <laughs> because people steal from you all the time. Um, like we've had, you know, tractors 
have fuel stolen out of it and all kinds of things. But 99% of the people are good, especially people that are out camping and they're making a reservation and they're good people. <laughs> so we were like, you know what? It's fine. We're going to do it. I'm so happy you did. I am starting to become an RV person myself and we've been looking at a camper and when you posted that, I was like, oh my God, how perfect. I was like, I want to take like the cutest pictures. <laughs> I hope you come out. I'd love to meet you in real life. I wish we could have done like plan this out better, but maybe just come out and we'll have that glass of wine and in real life and, and see it. Cause it's just, a, we live on a little vineyard and it's just so I don't know. It's just cozy out there. I like that spot. Now that we're walking out there all the time, I'm like, maybe we should just camp in the backyard. <laughs> you could try camp or tent camping that way. It would, I bet it wouldn't be so bad if it was in your own backyard. I know I thought about it, but now that I'm gosh, how pregnant am I right now? I'm at 25, 26 weeks. I don't know. This might not be the best time for me to start. <laughs> yes pop the baby out we'll have some wine we'll camp (laughs) right well you come over as soon as Ella's baby's born I can start having my wine again (laughs) right now all it does is give me heartburn so I can't even enjoy it if I sneak a sip here and there Oh my gosh. I had the most miserable pregnancy. I felt like everything gave me heartburn or nausea. So I'm like, oh yeah, you you can't enjoy anything when you're pregnant. Not really, unfortunately, but then you forget about it. Like I try to remember what it was like with my first and I'm like, it wasn't so bad. And my husband's like, yeah, it was, it was that bad. (laughs) Oh, I blocked it out. I guess. Some things that are just that traumatic, you have to. Like it, it is pretty traumatic. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I've blocked out some things, but I try not to not to forget because I'm like, no, I have one kid, I'm good. I don't need more. <laughs> so I like try to remember how miserable it was just to remind myself to like not get baby fever. <laughs> Oh, right. Well, you know, the worst is when you meet those moms that are like, I didn't have any problems in my pregnancy. I glowed. I loved being pregnant. And and you had such a different experience. You're like, really? Like, oh, <laughs> I instantly have nothing in common with you to talk about. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a double chin that I got when I was pregnant that still won't go away. And Milo's turning five in September. I'm like pregnancy. I feel like for me anyway, I felt like the, the girl who wouldn't stop eating the blueberries and Willy Wonka. I just like blew up and never went back down. (laughs) You just had a baby. Nobody talks about that. It's like, I read about the fourth trimester and nobody really talks about that. I'm like, but does it end? Because if you don't figure out a way to start making your you time and all that. I think that's what eats a lot of moms alive is like, you're not, you're never going to be the person you were before. And so you have to like find the new you and 
be okay with that. Your body, your metabolism, your schedule, like nothing's going back to what it was before. And there's no way to prepare for, there's no way you can really prepare for that. You just have to figure it out as you go along, I think. No, that hit me really hard. And because I just assumed because I was breastfeeding, everybody's like, oh, you're not going to have to worry about it. Because I asked my doctor, because I've never been somebody who gained weight. Like I wasn't super, super, super thin before, but I was like curvy in a way that I was like really comfortable because I had like great boobs and a nice little bubble butt when I was was like, yes, I kind of love this for myself. Um, and then when I had Milo and it was so crazy because like I had food aversions. So I was like, not even eating a whole lot. And I still gained so much weight. And a lot of it was just like swelling and some of the medications I was on. And then after I had him, my doctor was like, Oh, don't worry about it. You're going to be breastfeeding. It's going to be fine. It's just going to fall right off because your metabolism boosts so much when you're nursing. And it did because I, I only craved like watermelon, celery, cucumbers, like any food that had like water in it. <laughs> like that is what I wanted when I was nursing. Cause I was so thirsty, like all the time. And yeah, then it, cause you can get dehydrated so fast too. If you don't from I, when you're breastfeeding, you have to stay hydrated. Yeah. And then after I quit breastfeeding, it like punched me right in the face it like all came back. And then I didn't crave any of those foods anymore. I like got so burnt out on them. I couldn't even stand the smell of celery. And I was like, no. And then, and, but yeah, like I'm starting to get really comfortable because like, when I think back on like, when I looked and felt like my best, I was like 17 to like maybe 21. And I look at, weren't we all? Yeah. And I, but like, now I look at people who are 17, 18, 19, and I'm like, oh my God, you're a child. Like, I don't want to look like a child. I want to look like a grown woman. (laughs) So I'm really starting to become comfortable with just the fact that this is my, this is my body. This is my schedule. This is my life. And I'm just like accepting it one little sip at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I can see you. I know the people on the podcast can't, and I think you look great. So I think you're being critical on yourself, but, um, <laughs> well, no, I, I totally get saying, well, yeah, you look back at pictures when you're 17 and you're like, well, that's just not happening. Especially after a kid, your hips are bigger and you know, that's just, you, we had our time to shine, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't want to be 17 again. So I'll take this this body and its problems and stretch marks and all that over living through all that. <laughs> I know the, the only thing, and I was talking about this the other day. Um, I was like, I never had like a hoe phase. Cause like, there's all these reels about like the different times in their life. And they're like, Oh, this is my like nerdy coming into myself phase. And this is my high school shining phase. And then this is my college hoe phase. And I'm like, what? what (laughs) I never had a home phase 
well, I call myself the child bride. I met my husband when I was 18 and then we got married when I was 22, but we dated like that whole time. So yeah, I dated a lot, but I mean like, yeah, I same here. I missed out. I think I missed out on something too, I guess, <laughs> but I same thing I'm like uh would I want to go back through that now could you imagine being swiping right and swiping left on people I mean at least we were like judging people in real time (laughs) speaking of which I was I was just like reminiscing on this the other day because I have tried to date a little bit like not really because it's a pain but um I was talking to this guy and he showed me like this picture of him like a long time ago. And he was wearing those like douchey white rimmed sunglasses. And I was like, oh my gosh. So me and my friends in in college would go and we would sit down at Joe's pub in Highland Square in Akron, Ohio. If anybody's listening from Ohio, go to Joe's, no, go to Ray's pub. It was Ray's pub. And we would order this like Uh, I don't even know what it was. It was like a wooden stick, but like had like a bunch of shots on it. And, oh, I remember, I know what you're talking about. I went to some place that had that too. (laughs) And every time a guy who we thought was like a total douche canoe, we would take a shot. And I was telling him, I was like, if I would have met you back then when this photo was taken in 2013, I would have definitely taken a shot for you because you're, you look kind of douchey. <laughs> so I like anytime somebody would come in with like embroidered jeans or like an affliction t-shirt or like white rimmed sunglasses, we would just take a shot for them. Wasn't that the time where that, the, what was the lion, you know, where it was like a tiger? It was oh, um, Ed Hardy. Yes, Ed Hardy. <laughs> was that the time when Ed Hardy was popular? Yeah. It or it like those like trucker it. hats. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's just some things you just like hope don't come back in style. You're like, we tried it and we're. <laughs> yeah. It's scary because there are some things that are coming back in style from the 90s. And I'm like, I don't think I can pull off butterfly hair clips anymore. Like, maybe we should let those go. Because when I was a kid and Mary Kate and Ashley had those on, my aunt, who was probably my age now, was always trying to be hip. And she was like, honey, do you like the butterfly clips in my hair? Like, yes, they look great. And now you can buy the adult version of butterfly clips. And I'm, I want to, I'm like, okay, Mary Kate and Ashley, I'm coming back. I'm like, should we do this again? Should we? Oh my gosh. Remind my aunt that's like, no, it wasn't cool then on older people. It's not cool now. (laughs) So I, I cannot French braid to save my life. But the hairstyle that I feel like is in almost every single one of like my primary school photos is me like doing these cornrow twists with like a butterfly clip at like the back of my head. And I'm like, and it would just be like pounded full of like red and white glitter for like my school colors. (laughs) And I was like, oh man. I have... 
a confession. Coffee is one of my major food groups. <laughs> Having my son home with me all year through a pandemic, expanding my home bookkeeping practice, EDJ Consulting Group, getting my nonprofit program, Sterling Lives, approved, beginning to homeschool, starting sports, getting roped into being a coach. It's honestly what keeps me going and retaining the little bit of sanity I have left. Coffee over cardio is my go-to lifesaver. It's owned and operated by female entrepreneur, Abby Scott, and it's all carb-free, sugar-free, keto-friendly, and gluten-free. With super fun flavors like birthday cake, cinnamon bun, French toast, vanilla hazelnut, my favorite, and so many more, you honestly can't go wrong. Coffee Over Cardio has all your coffee accessories like tumblers and frothers, creamers, and my must-have hydrate you can add to coffee or water. Upping the flavor and hydration with electrolytes. Abby is seriously a genius. Get 10% off when you use my code 10 Dawn and free shipping on orders over 85. Once again, that's code 10 Dawn, and the link is in the show notes below. It was the time. It was, if you go back and look, remember Mary Kate and Ashley had that TV show and I swear to God, it was them that started the butterfly clip trend and the little <laughs> twisty. And I, I rocked it too. It was so much fun then, but I don't know if it should come back on adults. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I kind of want to start a reels series on my podcast Instagram about, and just title it. It was a different time. Like, like, there's, there's so many things like we have so many dirt roads back here where I'm at and my son will come up to me and I'll be like working away and whatever. Cause we kind of have this routine in the morning where like he'll wake up and he'll come out. And then when he's like, okay, I need to either watch a different show. So I need my mom to change the channel <laughs> or I, I'm hungry. So he'll come and wake me up. Then like, I'll get up, I'll make coffee and breakfast and like whatever. And then I'll work for a little bit. And then it's like around 11, 12, he'll come and get me and he'll be like pulling on my shirt, like, mommy, let's go do something. And I'm like, okay. Um, and his favorite thing to do is he always comes up to me and he's like, mommy, can we go on a dirt road drive? And I'm like, okay. But I think he likes it because I let him ride in the front seat or sometimes like I'll let him sit on my lap. And I've posted like stories of him, like riding in the front seat, like with uh, no seatbelt or like sitting on my lap, holding the steering wheel. And I'm like, literally the only thing, because there's a lot of like free range cattle around here. I'm like, the only thing that we could possibly run into besides like a sage bush is like a cow. (laughs) And like people come at me on Instagram and they're like, oh my God, your kid needs to be in a child seat. And I'm like, yeah, if we were on like a freeway in Atlanta, sure. But like, (laughs) have you seen what I'm looking at? Like, it's a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) And those are like the best memories. I remember, well, when we were kids, you could still ride in a truck bed in California in the back. 
And I remember going for like our last ride, speaking of it was a different time. So <laughs> is that, you can't do that you know, anymore? Is that like not a thing? Not in California. It's not, you're not allowed to, but I'm like, oh, so man. it's probably people who don't live in, you know, when you're from busy place, you just think that's not safe, but you grow up in the country and there's no traffic and there's, you know, what's going to happen. Those laws are there because of other people on the road, not when you're driving by yourself <laughs> with the cows in the dirt. <laughs> the cows in the dirt. Yeah, it is. There's just not, and that's one of the things I love about it out here is that there's not a lot going on. So like, like the other day, Milo like ran out. He's like, mommy, my dog isn't coming back. I was in the bathroom. Okay. This might be my confession. So (laughs) I drink a lot of coffee So around a certain time of the day, I'm normally in the bathroom (laughs) and while I'm in there, I try to just do everything, wash my hands, uh, wash my face. Just, I try to just knock it all out as soon as I can, because I have a a kid that I need to parent. Um, (laughs) and I like let his dog out. And she was just playing with a stick or something out in the grass And he, I guess, got frustrated because he was like trying to call her back and she was just blowing him off. You know, my dog has a sassy little attitude sometimes Um, and they fight like siblings. It's very funny, but I guess she was blowing him off because she was like playing with some stick out there and he runs out there. He has, he like went in his room and put on pants and his pants are like inside out and he has no shoes on. And he has like a submarine toy and like, <laughs> like a granola bar. And he's like out there trying to like get his dog. And he was like, I guess like some car pulled over on the side of the road. And it's like this precious little old lady. So glad it wasn't like a serial killer. Um, and he was like talking to her. So I get out of the bathroom and I'm like, Milo, Milo. Cause he's normally banging on the door at this time. And he's like, not. Uh, and I'm like, where are you? And I look outside, he's freaking talking to a car. And uh, luckily we do live in the middle of nowhere. So like things like that are still terrifying. Like I thought I was going to have a heart attack, but I'm like, luckily we live where we live because if I lived in a city, like God only knows what would have happened to him. Um, but yeah, that's my confession for this episode. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, we've all had that happen with our kids. We're just like, you take your eyes off of them to have like one moment of peace and quiet. And then they're doing something like, you know, it's like you're on suicide watch for them 24 seven. It's exhausting. It like never used time- to be like that, but that's what it is like. It's like suicide watch. <laughs> I'm like, I call Milo five times a day. I'm like, where are you? Where are you? And now that it's warm out, he's been playing in the backyard. And I'm like, where are you still out there? And he's like, yeah, I'm playing mom. I'm okay. I'm like, okay, thank God. (laughs) Oh yeah. We do the same thing. And then she's like, what? And I'm like, just making sure you're alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard though. I have those moments all the time. I'm like drawing a blank. So I want to confess with you. So you, it's like some solidarity with you, but 
most of the time when I take my eyes off of her, she's not running outside. She's like getting into something she shouldn't have like junk food, like climbing the shelf top to the top shelf to get the lollipop kind of thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, Milo, any, any, and this has been like his thing since birth. As soon as it reaches like 65 degrees, he's done being inside and he's done wearing shoes. And I feel like everybody who gives me weird looks in Salt Lake, they used to give me weird looks, but out here, nobody's like, nobody cares. It's just like, Oh, another baby with no shoes and a diaper, like whatever. (laughs) We took, we went to ACE the other day. This kid was filthy, filthy. Like I probably should have hosed him off before we went in. Um, (laughs) but we've been working in our garden And, uh, he was like helping me. So we had to like run back to ACE real quick. The first time we went in, he had clothes, he had socks, he had shoes. He was like clean. The second time we go, no shoes, no socks, no pants, just a pull up. And he's (laughs) covered head to toe (laughs) and, and he's like carrying a worm. So (laughs) the guy just looks at me and he like shakes his head and laughs. And I'm like, man, I love this place. I'm like, if we were in Salt Lake, I bet three blonde Bob moms would have called me out for being a terrible mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's so true. Your neighborhood is so, you have to find your people because I live, well, I live in the country too. And we, when I don't want to be around the city folk, it's like, I go into my little country town and the same thing, we can roll out of bed. We are the people of Walmart, (laughs) you know, doesn't matter. Nobody's going to judge us, but then you go into another direction and you're like, okay, I need to get dressed up for the day. I need to like make a, you know, like you're going to run into somebody, you know, or something and you just have to play the game, I guess, pretend you're a good mom. (laughs) Luckily, I was born and raised in Ohio. So me being out here, I love the fact that I never have to worry about running into somebody that I grew up with or like the popular girl in school or any of that. There's people I know just from living here, but like there's this one girl I went out to get drinks with one time and we stayed at this bar so long because every single person that walked in, she knew. And she ended up calling her husband to come pick us up because she's like, I think we're too drunk. We probably shouldn't drive. (laughs) (laughs) So she called her husband to come pick us up and he was like, not the happiest about it, but like every single person who walked in, she, she knew and she like talked to, and she's like, this is why I never go out. <laughs> like a high school reunion. Yeah. That's, that's, I've, when I did that, I moved to the San Luis Obispo area for a decade. And I have to say, I love that like anonymous feeling that you had when you went out, but now I'm back in an area where if I want to see people I know, I can do that. And there's something to that. There's something like an old friend, like you can't make an old friend kind of thing. Um, People that knew you when you were young and that's so special, but man, it is so nice to like, just go out and not be bothered. (laughs) 
it kind of is. And it's, it's, it is nice. Like sometimes going out and not having anybody know who I am. I'm just like this weird, strange person just sitting at this restaurant by myself with a laptop. <laughs> there's this, there's this place across the street from my house called Muley's. And, um, it's like this super Western, like pub and grill. They have really good food. And sometimes like when Milo's away with his dad, I'll just go over there and I'll work or I'll edit podcasts and like get dinner by myself. And people always kind of like look at me because I always sit at like a high top that's in the bar area. So I don't want to take up like an actual table. Um, and like, there's sometimes people will like look at me and be like, what the heck is going on with this person? And I'm like, I'm just hanging out by myself. Man, well, it sounds like your town is like, um, it, and still a di- it was a different time <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, I feel like all well, pre COVID, everyone was at my mom. <laughs> Sorry, my mom just walked in. <laughs> so I wouldn't get interrupted by my kid anyway. Um, yeah. So I feel like before COVID, everybody was at like Starbucks or at bar and grills all the time on their laptop, but maybe that's a California thing. I don't know. Like, I just felt like that wasn't weird, but now, now I don't see anybody out working in public, maybe because they're like, oh, I have to put real pants on again. Oh, I've gotten comfortable. I think so. My town is like a mining town. And I think they're just confused as to a why I'm single, like why I'm sitting at a place alone as a woman. And then B, they're like, what is she doing? Is she watching TV or is she working? Because like women around where I work or where I live don't, they don't work. Just because the mines have such odd schedules that like, and a a lot of them are transplants. Like they're from Idaho or Utah or Wyoming. So they go home to like where they actually like are from when their husbands are off of their hitches. So people are probably like, I don't know, maybe they want to talk to me. Maybe they think I'm cute and they're just chicken shits. (laughs) Who knows? I got to ask them, like, how is that dating? Because I feel like even here, like, how would someone date now? Like, how do you talk to people after COVID? Like, I don't, it's so awkward here going into a restaurant now in like a bar area. I don't know how other states are, but how's that going? Oh, it is like not, um, we're still open. Like we still, a lot of, all of our restaurants are still open. I think they closed down a little bit for, cause I moved back here in August of 2020. So I think there was like a moment where they were doing just takeaways. Um, but yeah, out here, uh, nobody cares. Yeah. Like no, yeah. nobody really cares. And this area is so isolated already. And I think, like, if it was a bigger city, I think it would have been different. But out here, like, all of the ranchers support all of the restaurants. They support all of the grocery stores that we have. So everything is super local. And I don't think this community outside of gold mining would have sustained itself if 
they did close because, and it's kind of like one of the things I like about it is like, we just live in our own little world out here. And it, it is kind of nice though. Cause like every, like when I go to the store, like I just started cooking meat. I never used to be somebody who would cook meat at home. Like I don't barbecue. Um, so <laughs> and like, I we, live to have a freezer full of ribeyes and ground beef right now. <laughs> I don't know how. And I went into the store and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And I started doing things like I've always done things in like the crock pot. Like I'll make like chicken paprikash or like, um, like pot roast or like a stew or something, but I've never like just actually cooked like a chicken breast or like a sirloin at home. Like I've always just gone out for it. And oh my goodness. God, they were open. How would you have lived for another 2020? <laughs> I started to learn how to cook and there was a lot of trial and error. Cause I was like, well, how do restaurants cook it? Cause I've, I used to work in restaurants like way back in the day. So I'd never learned how I went from like my first job was in a restaurant until I like was done with school and then I got into finance. So my whole like learn how to cook years were just in restaurants where I just never cooked. Um, yeah. You're like, Oh, I'll just grab something that's already done. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> and at the restaurant, I'm like, Oh, how do you guys like cook this or whatever? And I would see that it was always like on a grill. And I've never owned a grill. I tried to grill once and I burned all of my eyebrows. Um, what? <laughs> I didn't have eyebrows for like almost a year because I burnt, oh. I burned them off. And, but, but I started like trying to cook things at home and Milo's getting older. So he's like kind of out of like the toddler foods and things like that. And I'm like, well, it's COVID and I need to feed you. So I need to like learn how to cook some of these things. And, and if I burn my eyebrows again, nobody's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's COVID. Who cares? Uh, fine. <laughs> they have like that microblading now anyway. So I'm like, I could totally try it, but I just cooked it on like the stove or in the oven and it's turned out really, I think I even posted on my stories the other day about like, I cook steak at home and it's not terrible, but yeah, it's pretty, but it's kind of nice. Like walking into a supermarket here, well, not a supermarket because there's nothing super about my grocery store, but <laughs> like everything is local. Like it says like seven cattle ranch, or I think it's called like, I always want to call it Bordeaux, but I'm like, okay, I drink way too much wine. Uh, it's their last name of Burroughs. And <laughs> so I always, when people are like, oh, you know, like, have you been to this place? And they're like, it's Burroughs Ranch. And I'm like, you mean Bordeaux Ranch? And they're like, no, it's Burroughs. <laughs> of those where if you hadn't lit if you hadn't grown up there you don't know how to say it kind of thing but yeah like everything's yeah, super local that's so nice um we so where I grew up in the middle of nowhere uh they, we lived right next to I call it the corn stand but it had everything it had like fresh row vegetables and um we'd always in California you have everything seasonally so we're used to eating everything really fresh here 
but you forget like when you go out to the Midwest or like, well, by the time the lettuce gets here, it's already like about to turn brown. Mm-hmm. So we are in being in Nevada too. You're pro- we're both lucky. We get really good, uh, really good fresh food and we have the best happy cows come from California too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when you ship food, like our grapes, they'll go in a freezer and they've gone as far as Pennsylvania. So things will get frozen and the shelf life is incredible. I don't know what they spray on it or to keep it good that long, but you got, you can't tell me that the flavor isn't affected after that. Oh, it has to be. And that's one of the things I was going to ask you is what do you do with your grapes as a vineyard, a small, you guys are a small, like family style vineyard, right? Yeah, we are definitely what you would just even consider a hobby size um, vineyard. It's only, um, it's between like five and seven acres of what we actually do on the vineyard. So it's super small compared to, you know, the Bogle Ranch, like that's next door (laughs) and thousands of acres. So we have Merlot grapes. And what we do is we just, we, we farm them. And when harvest comes around, we're in like a co-op called Allied Grape Growers and they broker it for us. So they find the buyer and they set up, um, whoever the buyer is usually sets up the harvest too. So we just have to make sure they'll like communicate with us how much we need to water, um, like everything they want us to do to get ready for them to pick it pretty much. So if they are oh, that's nice. the water off, it raises the sugar content and they'll just keep coming out. And then once it hits what number they're looking for, that's when they pick. And then they do all that. So like we've had years where it goes straight to um, a grape, uh, I mean, a winemaker, or it goes into that cooler and it gets shipped somewhere. So we have some grapes locally. We can go taste their wine now. And then we have a first and a second crop that comes off of our vineyard. And we'll take the second crop. We've taken it one time and we tried to make our own wine. It was disgusting. It was so bad. <laughs> so we everybody's to, first time is bad. We're like, we should just make it into vinegar because this nobody's gonna want to drink. <laughs> oh so no! But we're gonna try it again. Um, so we have that second crop that comes off that. It's not like the best quality, but if you're have no idea what you're doing, you don't feel bad about ruining it. So once we get it down, maybe we'll get into being better winemakers, but we're still, we're still learning. Oh, that's dude. All the best things come from trial and error. Definitely. Definitely. We're like, we have all the equipment now and we just kind of were thinking maybe this year, even having other people that are in the hobby side of it, just hobby winemakers, taking that second uh, fruit and just selling it to people nearby that want to make wine and seeing if what they come up with. So we're, we're always like into the new, like 
things like that, like our hip campers and <laughs> hobby winemakers, all the unusual things. We're like, let's try that. So we're going to try that maybe this year, selling it to little local winemaker clubs because they're out here. I don't know if they're out there in Nevada, but they're here. Oh, that's so fun. I would try it, but because before COVID, I was planning on spending a lot of time out in Napa Valley and like Northern California because um, I was working with a company and a winemaker who was going to do like a gift style bundle. It was like a white and a red or like a white and a sparkling um, with like two glasses. And it was like a little gift bundle for mommy wines. We we were going to like taste it and blend it and do it all. And then COVID happened and that totally like just went down the drain, like probably so many other people's plans. So many, ours did too. I told you a little bit, we had the wine, um, the wedding venue and my sister and I had a boutique out here and that was like, oh, okay. It's our first year, but now we have to cancel everything we work to book. So. Oh, no. I hear you, but you know what? I bet if you reached back out to them, they're ready. Everyone's ready to get back into re- like the real, like real life. Like nobody wants this anymore. We're, we're done. I feel like it was kind of nice in the beginning. And even I, like somebody who like straight up flourished in quarantine, like, oh, I used it as an excuse for everything before quarantine and before COVID. I blamed everything on my kid. I was like, sorry, we can't go to your birthday party. My kid is sick. Um, People probably thought he was like the most immune compromised human being on the planet. (laughs) But then COVID happened and I'm like, yeah, sorry, COVID. We're like really just social distancing, being super responsible as like, I'm over here in like a bathrobe, like... (laughs) watching Kardashians on my computer, like reclining in my tub with no water and drinking bottles of wine at a time. Like, yeah, I'm being super responsible. Um, I'm sorry, but like, we can't, uh, come like, that's just, it's COVID, you know? And, (laughs) but now I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of excited to like, kind of get the ball rolling. And I feel like things are opening not like super rapidly, but I feel like it is like an adjustment, like, and it's kind of like just stepping one at a time, one at a time, kind of like when COVID first started happening, everything was changing like daily. They're like, oh yeah, you could totally take your dogs for walks and it's going to be perfectly fine to like go outside. And then they're like, okay, nope, change my mind. Don't go outside. <laughs> you can't take your dog for a walk. <laughs> Um, we're doing the stay home order. And like, now I kind of feel like it's like the same thing where it's like, wait, you can open, but, oh, it just, just kidding. You can open, but like, this is your restriction. And I'm like, I don't know. I yeah. think we're, I think we're going to get there. I think everyone's Look just over it. it. It's like what you said. It's where you're at too. Cause like California is like, so, you know, there's LA and San Francisco and everyone's so dense. I, I can't relate to that. So I'm like, why can't you go outside? Because, you know, I, my nearest neighbor is like a crow's fly away. <laughs> so I love that measure of distance. Like, uh, 
I will not be walking outside with a mask on because that just feels really ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so there, I think it just depends on where you are. Because I see, you know, people in Florida and Colorado and they're just at the dance halls dancing and like back at the bars and their life is already normal. Whereas like I told you, my little my little bubble I can go into I, in our little country town, it's been normal mostly the whole time and then but I'd go into like the bigger city and it felt like the zombie apocalypse was happening <laughs> so it was just I got to see both 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 things happening at the same time but m- I think people that are most people are over it they're just like we need to socialize again it was a nice little hiatus like you said got to drink a lot of wine at home not have to drive anywhere but now now it's like well maybe I want to leave the house again (laughs) well you're 26 weeks pregnant so we all know what you were doing at home (laughs) during Uh, you were not social distancing honey no (laughs) we were not we were not doing a good job at that (laughs) you're like oh I love it I love our daughter's in bed what else is there to do we can't go anywhere can't leave the house I keep joking because we say oh that's the night Paul got me drunk that was the (laughs) night (laughs) also I kind of wish I was in a relationship during the pandemic even though I'm sure it would have been challenging but like there was also no new shows coming out like there was like they stopped production so there was like probably nothing to do but you know have a second kid <laughs> Great. it was pretty boring it was pretty boring there was nothing there was nothing going on there's we no tried, movies though, we tried to do we tried to go do normal stuff but you I think I shared with you like it was like our little quarantine miracle getting pregnant because I had infertility for 10 years I had to have that infertility treatment to get pregnant with our first daughter. So we were just like footloose and fancy free in that department. Cause we're like, <laughs> well, I can't get pregnant. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so it was a total, total surprise that it did a little miracle. Well, you know, practice makes perfect. So you must've <laughs> had some really good nights practicing. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. And we're like, he's home. He can't go anywhere. Cause you know, I told you that whole like farming thing, you never know when he's going to be home. Well, there's nowhere else to go. (laughs) Oh, look at you being a professional podcaster, just bringing it around full circle. (laughs) Oh, we could be co-hosts once in a while. This is kind of fun. I like it. After a while, you get a little relaxed. Especially if I had a glass of wine, I could get really relaxed. Oh my gosh. We are going to have to go out there and I think we should podcast. Like maybe even set up like a live stream podcast from like your little camp area or your back porch Um, or whatever. I'm totally down with it. We'll find someone else to interview and grill them because that seems fun to be on the other side of this asking the question. (laughs) Oh, we would have to, we should bring like, who knows, maybe a winemaker, one of the people, maybe one of the people who I'm doing the live tastings with will be local or we can bring your husband on. That would be fun. I just had a husband the other day who I recorded with and I'm like, I never get to hear this side. So I was like, that was really interesting. 
He would love that. But we do also know a lot of other people in the industry. So, I mean, if you come out, we can just, we can fill your podcast up for like the next year with, with the people. I love that. It leaves me time to do more do trips. <laughs> if I don't have to record every weekend, maybe I would have a dating life. Oh, that would help. Well, maybe we'll meet someone and maybe we'll have like a, what is it? Like, we'll they'll think you're there, you're being interviewed for your podcast, but you're really like interviewing them for a date. Like, you know, <laughs> my, my favorite podcast is off the vine with Caitlin Bristow. She was, she was a contestant on the bachelor and then she became the bachelorette and she's now engaged, which I'm so happy for her. And people message me all the time thinking that like I stole my confessions from her show. Cause she also does confessions but I feel like I've been doing confessions like my whole life. And we started it when I had a co-host in Salt Lake and neither one of us were LDS. Um, so it was kind of funny that we would do confessions with like, like Salt Lake style guests. <laughs> I was like, I'm Catholic. I've been doing confession for a long time. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm so used to confessing. Like, this is just what I, and I'm like, I'll sip away your sins, you know? <laughs> Like my wine is my holy water. Um, there you go. Bless you, my child. <laughs> go out and see you next week. <laughs> but that's like so funny because she had this thing called, she was like trying to be like a matchmaker because she was like, oh, this would be so fun. We should get like contestants to audition because like she was on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And she ended up getting this woman who was named Blair and she called it the Blairette. And she's now marrying the person who won the dating competition. She's married. She's married. I think they actually already got married. She was a matchmaker on her show. It legit matchmaker. And like, they're like a real couple who's like either engaged or married. And she did the whole thing on IGTV where she would like follow them around on their dates, like they do on The Bachelor. And her no. whole th- her whole thing is so she has a scrunchie company called Do Edit. Um, so instead of giving the men a rose, they would be like, "Would you take this do?" And it would be like a scrunchie, and they'd put it on her wrist. And I'm like, "Oh my god! I think it would be so fun because people compare our shows, even though she's not a mom." Um, and she interviews a lot of celebrities. And that's one thing I tried not to do here is interview. Like, I really want to talk to just real, everyday, relatable moms, women, fathers, whoever. So I try not to book a lot of celebrities on the show or like people who have like super big, like Instagram followings. Like I've had like some guests who have like thousands like spirited sons I think is like up to 50,000 I'm like that's a a huge following on Instagram um but like I just really want to keep my show like fun relatable and that's the whole reason I started it but I'm like man I was like I kind of want to do that because people already compare our shows together and well that's all with Instagram you can copy someone's idea but it's always going to be different because you the way you do it is going to be different than the way they end up doing it and oh my personality. gosh if you could gather three to five 
studly farmers, ranchers, or winemakers. We could have, and like your rows of like your vineyard rows would be like the perfect thing for them to like walk down on like cinematically. Yeah. Will you take this glass of wine? <laughs> yes. Will you accept my final sip? Because <laughs> I like you if I'm giving you the last little bit out of my bottle. Okay. So, oh, <gasps> will you accept this cork? Oh, there we go. I love it. I love it. I think we should try. I mean, we should really try to make this happen. What is a a farmers only? City folk just don't get it. (laughs) Gonna get you the farmers. Oh my God. I would love that. Somebody who could ride horses with me or like spend an afternoon in the garden with me or somebody who's um, versed in cooking meat. Like if you can work, like if you can work a grill. You must be so hungry. I'm just like, how has she gone her whole life? Dude, let me tell you, it's a lot of sides. Oh, also, do you see my 20 pound bag of rice? Like, so I, I did. So, so I do the Walmart pickup. And I ordered a 32 ounce bag of rice because I have a rice cooker. It's a super easy side to do with like some beef tips and like asparagus because I can cook the tips. I just can't cook like an actual steak. And, (laughs) and they're like, oh, sorry, we're out of the 32 ounce bags. Here's your substitution. And they gave me a 20 pound bag of rice for the same price as a 32 ounce bag of rice. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, who's going to eat 20 pounds of rice? Like an Asian restaurant? Like that's what a restaurant would order, right? (laughs) Well, you're setting up for the next year. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. We have, I've been cooking rice like four to five times a week. (laughs) And Milo is like, mommy, can we have like potatoes? Like, I don't really want like rice. (laughs) No, dude, you got rice. We're making quesadillas. We're making enchiladas. We're making everything, (laughs) everything with rice. Oh my God. I can't believe they gave you it as a substitute. That's what they sent me. I'm like, you have to be a teenager, like working this whole grocery pickup department because who substitute? I would just give me two 16 ounce bags of rice. Right. Right. That's what I was thinking, like, <laughs> um, or another brand or like not give it away. I don't know. And like they, they put the pickup, the Walmart, that's a lot of rice. They put the Walmart pickup in my trunk for me. So I don't see any of this until I get home. So they're like, oh, did you see your substitutions? And I'm like, oh yeah, totally checked the email. Did not check the email. Um, and they're like, okay, is the trunk okay? And I'm like, yeah, the trunk is fine. Thank you so much, whatever. I get home and I open my trunk and in the front like corner, like the, or I guess front, back, whatever, back corner, it's like the first thing that pops out to me when I open my hatch to my cute little Ford Explorer or Ford Escape. Um, and that's just like this giant bag of rice. And I'm like, 
who the hell is going to eat all of this? <laughs> like, it's me and a baby. I've been, like, cooking my dog, like, her own meal, like, once or twice a week. I'm like, I don't know I how to... Say that give them to your dog, but... <laughs> <laughs> Self-stable. You can just throw that in like an airtight bag and you'll just be ready for the apocalypse, you know, when that happens. You know, we've been working towards like a homestead kind of like little farm, you know, and like I've worked on my garden and we've kind of had like extra things saved just because Corona was so crazy. And I'm like, oh, people are going to lose their minds again. It's just a ticking time bomb it's gonna happen um but I'm like 20 pounds like it's a big bag especially since it's you and your son you're like this is gonna and it like you're just gonna get sick of eating rice but you know what it's just put it just take a little breaks here and there I went to culinary school so you could just, you know, experiment, like, this is, could be you finding your, your love of cooking is like, which way you like your rice. <laughs> oh, we've been experimenting. We've been pinning recipes. We've been doing arts and crafts. <laughs> we've been doing everything <laughs> with this bag. Of rice. <laughs> bag of rice. And it is still full. It's still like it's still so full. I'm like, this is like the never ending bag of rice. I should make a series or oh something my. of posts of like Well, I have to say <laughs> No, I confess I was a person that bought all the cup of noodles. Like when you went to Walmart and there was no more cup of noodles, it's because I thought the grocery stores were gonna close and I was gonna survive on cup of noodles. Was it the so chicken and been- the cheddar cheese? Because I was mad at well, those I people. Did, <laughs> I did the chicken and I, I took the beef. I was like, well, I don't know. You know, I need variety in my life. So, <laughs> chicken and beef. <laughs> so we were like slowly going through that. And I was like, we could not have lived on that. <laughs> this would have been horrible because I'm sick of it too. Kind of like your rice. You just need a break from it. So it's going to take us a while, but it's still stable. We're good. Well, it'll just take us a few years, but we'll get through it together. (laughs) I'm just glad it's not going to go bad. (laughs) Like it's already dehydrated. I would assume. I don't know how they grow rice, but I know that it grows in like water. So I'm like, I assume they dehydrate it. So it has to be. Can rice go stale? I hope not. It hasn't yet, and I haven't, like, that bag is not reclosable. That bag is, like, we are rice. Well, now you're going to have to invest in something to keep your (laughs) rice in, because they think the bugs get in it. That's why they um, always say, like, airtight things, because the little critters can get into it. Oh, that's true. And you know what? Ooh. Could you hear that? Was that the thunder? I didn't hear it. Is that it the was, thunder? It was though? thunder. I kind of love it because being from Ohio, we had thunderstorms all the time. And since living out West, we never get up. It's just not something that really happens. And it's been thunderstorming for three days in a row. And I'm just like living my best Garth Brooks life right now. <laughs> <laughs> the thunder. 
I know that's been like the song. I I checked because like sometimes I see like who views my stories, and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad she hasn't viewed my stories because it has literally just been Garth Brooks the in like the past three days, and I'm like, people are. I've even noticed that like people are dropping off because they're like, we're sick of this bitch. <laughs> she needs to get her oh, life together. <laughs> I feel the same way when my stories go down. I'm like, they they didn't find me interesting. Okay. All right. I got to work on that. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, my life isn't always super interesting. <laughs> Sometimes it's really boring and I'm okay with that. But no, I'm oh. jealous of your thunderstorms because it hasn't rained here in like years. We've been in this drought and I would be doing a little like jig if there was some rain I'm like ready for the storms to come I'm do a little rain it. dance go out there do a little rain rain dance I'm a I think I will I think I was listening to some old it's not old country they always talk about the rainy nights and you're like yeah I like there's something about a rainy rainy day a rainy night the other day I fell asleep kind of- at like 8 30 with my patio door open just like listening to rain. And I, and then I woke up at like 12, like midnight in the middle of the night, wide awake, nothing to do. <laughs> Cause I fell asleep at like eight <laughs> and I was like, Oh man. And then it like stopped raining and like my floor was like all wet. So I had to clean that up. And I was like, uh, I gotta go back to bed, but, but go ahead and share with everybody where they can find you on Instagram and follow you online. Oh, my Instagram is boots and pearls. Um, and these boots and pearls, nine, one, six. And, um, we're working on getting my blog to match that. So it was full of Smith's formula formerly, but working on getting it on to boots and pearls.com. So we'll see, just check me out on IG. That's where I live. I don't go on any of these other platforms yet me either I'm strictly I'm an IG OG <laughs> I can't do anything else same here I mean they say to branch out but I can't I'm just this is my this is my community this is where my people are <laughs> well I love it and I cannot wait to have you back on the show thank you so much for being my guest today Thanks for having me. And I can't wait for our next one out in our hip camp. We have to, if you, if you can pull as soon as you pull three to five guys, I will, I will drive out there. You're, you're not that far. I will drive. It's I 80 the entire way. It's like probably what five, six hours. I just drove 12 hours to Sedona. My car is legit. doing it my only I'm just thinking should I do a before or after the baby when I can drink like that's where <laughs> my mind goes I want to drink alcohol with this gal so this puts us out towards fall okay harvest time I see it happening I see it happening it's gonna I, I will so help you harvest Milo is the biggest helper we will help you pick grapes all day long oh well you got a job then yay <laughs> you're hired well, if, book, <laughs> if, if bookkeeping doesn't work out, you know, if you guys see me on the Instagram picking grapes, you know, my bookkeeping business just totally plummeted. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a hard job. You don't want to, you don't want to switch careers like that. <laughs> but no, I know you got your next thing. Yeah, I'll come out. I'll help you pick grapes. We'll podcast. We'll maybe, maybe your husband will cook on a grill or one of the contestants. Ooh, that should be one of the, I like that. We should make that one of the challenges. Oh, we got the best, like, we got to plan this out and, and you got to be like my, my Tasha to my Caitlin Bristow because they're co-hosting this, like this season of the bachelorette together. So I'm like, you got to be my Tasha and I'll be Caitlin Bristow. And we'll just like be the judges of all these competitions. I love it. I'm down. I'm down. I just have to find these guys that would be up for this. Yeah, we got to we'll make it, it work. We, we'll make it work. Let's brainstorm and we'll connect. <laughs> we'll definitely stay in touch because okay. we've been in touch before this episode anyway. Oh yeah, I want to stay in touch. We're, we're going to do this. We're going to do a round two. It's going to be even better. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and thank your mom for me for babysitting while you can be on the show. I will. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. And don't forget, if you're listening on YouTube, to give this video a big thumbs up and make sure to subscribe. And feel free to share this episode with your friends. Be like, hey girl, just listen to this super awesome and relatable podcast from Mommy Wines. Here's the link to the episode. Have fun. You know. And to support the show and keep it growing, snag some MWP merchandise available at themommywines.com. You can also find all of my wine gadgets and my favorites right there under the shop page. For even more tipsy content, Follow Mommy Wines Podcast on Instagram. On IG, I go live with real wine industry professionals. I try new sips, connect with all of you wine moms, and share some pretty funny memes if I do say so myself. All sponsor info and links will be available in the details below. So until next Wine Wednesday, mamas, parent and drink responsibly.